This is Pucks in 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. Always I'm glad to see you when I do this and always glad that we are doing this and really glad actually today that you're back in one piece because you were in Buffalo for that absolutely wild game. I'm very sorry. I apologize. Not that I had anything to do with the outcome of the Bills game, but uh, they did lose. But nevertheless, you had an amazing time. And you actually have a voice today. You said you'd be a bit hoarse. I don't I don't think you are at all. So this morning was back. First of all, I am in one piece physically. <laughs> uh, emotionally, I'm shattered. Right. The smithereens. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the emotion part of things. No, because and, and this, you, you're driving back this morning. And you're like, why yeah. do we care about sports? Why do we love sports? I know. It just breaks your heart, man. You yeah. get invested because it's always that big conversation. It matters, but it doesn't, right? It's a distraction right. from daily life. It's not a sick kid. It's not losing your job. It's right. nothing compared to that. But at the same time, time it still has to matter a little bit because otherwise it doesn't matter right, right. you don't yep. get the joy if you don't no. have the suffering so no. we're in a period of suffering once again <laughs> if you support right. the buffalo bills because yeah. it was there it was right there and uh, you you've been to a bills game with me so yep. you know where my seats are so you can yes. picture the view so you're mm. watching them you're watching it just unfold in yeah. the worst way possible in the last couple of minutes when they could have had it and we, there was a lot of screaming Right. Um, and this morning I was wondering if we were going to be able to do this, but I have been on lozenge duty all day. <laughs> there you better said- not be a limit to, to how many you're supposed to have of those because right. I might have to give my GP a call. Yeah. Look so- on the back and look at the directions for adults age this to this. Yeah, if, if, it's, if you're not supposed to have more than four or five, I'm a host. No. Yep. Anyways, no. I do have a voice for, we can do this for about 20, 25 minutes or so. All right. Well, good to see you. And yes. Um, all right. Hockey it is. Pucks and seven. Ryan Payne, Victoria, Matty Ash. You can get us wherever you get your podcasts. Also on the SiriusXM app. Google us and you will find us. We're going to shift things up. Say that 10 times fast. This show. You we're say go it. west <laughs> instead of east. We're going to go east next. But we'll start with the west. Uh, we'll talk Minnesota. Nate McKinnon got a really cool stat on Nate McKinnon. I love. I think I've got a crush on Nate McKinnon. Just to be honest with you. Oh, I really we do. all do. It's fine. Well, I know, but I I don't really have that. But I do. I did anyway. We'll talk about that. But Edmonton, 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 mm-hmm. Edmonton. Get to the winning streak in a second. I got mixed feelings on this. You you can go and you can start Corey Perry. Signing. Okay, so they signed Corey Perry yeah. since, uh, I mean, he was let go by Chicago earlier this season. I don't think we're going to do too, we're not going to take too big of a dive on no. what happened there. No, no, But no. he was out of the league and he's been talking to the NHL to get reinstated and that went in the right direction and now he's uh, signed. If it's not the league minimum, it's pretty close to it, 775000 Yeah, plus Sorry. he gets... Pl- <laughs> 775 that's right. No, yeah, that's right, plus he gets per- performance bonuses as well, so if he right. breaches so a certain thing. it's, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, when you've won 13 games in a row and you're playing completely flawlessly, why not just add another body to the mix? Because something's obviously broken. Yeah, it won't hurt. Now, I mean, obviously they're doing this as an investment for the postseason. Mm -hmm. He knows how to play in the postseason. If he fits in like he should, he is going to be the quintessential pain in the behind to face by the opposition. He's Nobody likes to play against this guy, even at age 38. I mean, he's not the Hart Trophy winner that he was way back when. But he knows how to play in the postseason. He knows how to aggravate people. He's going to play his 9, 10, 11 minutes every night, a little bit on the power play. That's all they need. They it, don't have no that annoying figure in their bottom six that they need to, you know, be difficult to play against. And that's yeah. why they obviously made this move. 
And he has, he is, I'm not going to say lucked out, but maybe there is some luck. Because he's played with Dallas. They went to the Cup. He's played with Tampa. They went to the Cup. In the bubble, played with Montreal. They went to the Cup. And now based on Edmonton's run that they're on, I mean, if the playoffs started today, they'd absolutely be one of, if not the favorites, to win the Stanley Cup and get to the Cup. So he has a chance now to go back to the Stanley Cup. I just hope he doesn't mess this thing up. I don't, I don't think, think he will. will. No. I don't think he will. The whole Chicago thing, all that stuff that happened, hopefully he learned from it. He did, as you said, spoke to the league, Gary Bettman, and they all chatted about. And Edmonton was just one, uh, one of a, a few teams, number of teams that reached out to him. Tampa Bay reached out as well, to name just one more. And Corey Perry will earn the money, 775 plus bonuses, performance bonuses. He'll earn the money by getting under the skin of the opposition. That's mm-hmm. what he does best. And you're right. He's far gone from the days of Getzlaff and Ryan Kessler with the Ducks. Those three were absolutely fantastic. That's not his job. That's not his role. Edmonton sees this, as you said, a playoff push for a player that can help annoy the heck out of the opposition. And that's what you need come the postseason. So good on them. No risk. High reward. Oh, zero. Zero if it risk. Works. Now, and I'm going to say there's a couple last points to this before we move on. You mentioned the fact that Tampa Bay was talking to him as well. And I think that speaks volumes because he played two seasons with them. They know who this guy is and they probably recognize that he screwed up. I mean, he's admitted to the fact that he's been battling alcohol lately and that was something that he has been pursued treatment for. And that's, this is all, this is personal stuff and it's his business. So if everybody else is fine with this and even Tampa Bay was willing to bring him back into the fold, knowing full well, not only who he is as a player, but who he is as a person, I think that speaks volumes. And the other interesting thing here is, oh, and I'm only going to bring this up because you did first. You're like, oh, he's lucked out. He played with Dallas Cup Final, Montreal Cup Final, Tampa Bay, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. He never won any of them. I know he he was that. It's amazing to me, though, that he was the bridesmaid. Yeah. For all of those years in a row, and you knew it wasn't going to happen this year when he was with Chicago, because Chicago is not, Chicago's not making the postseason. So you're like, okay, that streak is going to obviously. No, well, go up. well maybe, I'm just kidding. No, right. they're not. <laughs> but <laughs> Almost now, yeah. but now he might. He's very well in a position yeah. to challenge for a cup at age 38. And uh, yeah, I think definitely. I don't think there's going to be any issue with him misbehaving no. or pulling some garbage. No, and. In this and environment. He, yeah, he's been he's been given a chance again this year, and he's going to a really good team right now. So if you were going to Columbus or a team like Anaheim, he probably wouldn't go, but other teams like that, no, no, thank you. Oh, now I have a chance to play with McDavid and to do this and to do that. Speaking of Edmonton, um, you wrote down on the lineup, can, can this team, can they win 18? Can they set the record for most consecutive wins? They're what, five away from it? They're at 13. So you can't win 14 until you win 13. You can't win 15 until you win 14. There's a guy, a friend Thanks, I have out friend I have out in Edmonton who keeps who keeps uh, sending me those messages. Oh, you can't win nine unless you win eight. Yes, I understand that. Now it's up to 13. Can they possibly? Like, what does the schedule have for them in front? Of so them? this is what's interesting. I was looking at this because it's, you, you do want them to challenge for it because it's fun and exciting. I don't of care course. for the Oilers one way or the other. I like them to do well because it's more interesting in the league to see two of the best, the better players play well. Other than that, no vested interest. But I'd like to see them challenge for it, at least to tie the Penguins record of 17 in a row. They have the Blue Jackets coming up next. Okay. They have the Blackhawks following that. Okay. A very beatable Predators team. Now, I know the Predators have been playing some good hockey. But they're but beatable. They're, but they're beatable. Yep. So those are the three. And then listen to this. This is what my big concern is. Yeah. They have their own team break 
that broaches upon oh, the all-star break. Yeah. They are honestly, they're off for like almost two weeks. Mm. Not quite, but they're off for a very good stretch. It's like 10 or 11 uh, days in a row. Yeah. So this is awesome for Oilers who are not going to the all-star game because they get to go to Putacana and do whatever they want with their families right. and really take a nice long vacation. But are they, Ryan, are they going to lose their mojo a little bit we'll by just taking we'll themselves see. away? Right. We'll and then they come back and they play Vegas. Yeah. Not the Blackhawks. Yeah. Not the Blue Jackets, but the Golden Knights that have rediscovered their own mojo of late. I hope that they, um, for a fan of the game, I hope they do break the record and set the record. Uh, the Penguins, that 92-93 team was one of the best, I think, put together of all time. But part of me wants them to lose soon so that they can go away on that vacation or take some time away, not have this pressure of, oh, we got to continue the streak, just continue to climb up the standings. And look, Who's to say that this team won't be, I mean, Vancouver's been phenomenal and they still are. Every time, every time we do this, I think that they're going to regress and they don't. If they continue this, they'll keep climbing. And who knows by the end of the season, probably not, but they could be at the top of that Pacific division. You mentioned Vegas. This team is um, good on them because of course they won the Stanley Cup last season. They had a bunch of injuries. Um, they used 150 goaltenders, but they were able to find it, right? They were able to get it done. They called me and I played goalie when I was grade four. I said, look, it's been a long time. I can't do it. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's okay, but we're going to win the cup. I don't worry about it. I don't have time. Um, but kudos to them. They've been struggling. But Logan Thompson, speaking about goaltenders, right? Third star of the week, playing well. He is playing well. I was just going to mention third star of the week. And we should, he was really not playing well a no. couple weeks ago no. and they needed to rely on him pretty much full-time because Aiden Hill has been out even Patera isn't well right now either so he's had to get the job done he went through a very rough patch he would be the first to admit it but mm -hmm. he's come back and he's won several in a row now and he's gotten them back right back in the mix and they're doing it without Jack Eichel who was right. out week to week, week, and to when, week. Your top play when your top player is out yep. but they're getting it they are getting it done they're getting it done again as a collective and that's when we've seen them at their best it's when everybody is pitching in the the whole next skater up thing it's the cliche but it is true you do need to everybody else to be a little bit better when mm -hmm. your best player isn't playing mm -hmm. and they have done that third star of the week congratulations to logan thompson especially after going through what i just mentioned was not the greatest stretch team is uh, they won three in a row vancouver's won two in a row so they currently sit seven points back as they go into uh, as the nhl goes into action again we're doing this on the monday edmonton only six points back of vegas and guess what Edmonton has four games in hand. They have four games in hand on the Vegas Golden Knights. And they have four games in hand on the Vancouver Canucks. That's eight points. Anyway, we shall see. Good on Vegas. They're gambling, but they're playing well. Uh, the Kraken <laughs> are gambling, and they're not doing well at all. At all. Right? Uh, I mean, would you call me a braggart, Ryan? Am I a braggart, would you say? Um, we'll talk about that off air. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I will i will say this yeah. i will fully admit and i will absolutely eat it when i'm wrong and i do all the time i've admitted to being wrong about teams yes you do. i thought we we're gonna either play better than they have been or play worse than i expected them to it yeah. doesn't matter but i told you at some point before the last four games the seattle kraken were gonna lose four in a row you did. and they you lost did. four in a row yeah. because the strength of competition was completely different from what they were facing when they were winning all those games mm -hmm. in all those games in a row which they did yeah and i said but this next four the only one i was concerned about a little bit was the maple leafs on the weekend only because of what the Leafs were going through, even though they're a superior mm -hmm. hockey team, mm -hmm. and they managed to lose that one as, as well against yeah. a goaltender that's just trying to get himself back into this game. We're going to get to Toronto and Samsonov in a bit when we do the East. Yeah. But yes, they're starting to look 
this was anticipated and and it came to fruition. They're still going to win games. They're still going to play competitive hockey. But this is a Seattle Kraken that we can expect from now until the end of the season, in my view. Yeah, you know what? I'm with you. I'm with you with that. When they came in the league, they didn't play well. Last season, everybody was on them. I was so excited about them, and I was pushing, and they had a season to remember for a year two expansion team. But the majority of people thought in the offseason, this will go back to not as bad as year one, but it's going to come down a little bit, and it certainly has. They lose 3 nothing, 5-2, 4-2, and 3-1. to So in the four games that they've lost, they've only scored five goals, and they've given up, what, 7, 12, 15. So... This goes to show you as well that the depth of the team, it's fine, um, but it's not proven to be very good this season, especially lately. And when Joey Decord, it's just hockey is a game where if the goalie is running well, if they're playing well, the team plays well. But if some things happen in goal, it just filters to the rest of the team. Not saying it's all his fault. I'm just saying, because he's not running out and, and stealing games like he was before and playing extraordinarily well during that streak. Seattle's come back down to earth. I thought he's actually. I thought he played pretty well against the Maple Leafs, though. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he that. did. Oh, he did. I will just say it's a strength. He of took a lot of shots. Thing. He yeah. he. And this is what I wrote. I'm fantasy hockey writer, mainly for ESPN.com. And what I mentioned a few weeks back, I said, jump on this bandwagon right now. Jump on Joey Decord right now because this is not going to last. You can go and look it up. That's exactly what I wrote. And I said, this right. is the strength of schedule. So up until mid January, he's going to have a decent time at winning hockey games and playing well and putting up valuable fantasy points. And then they're going to face the Blas, the Blas, the Blas, and the Blas. <laughs> and it's, going, it's not in front of me. But it's, the Maple Leafs are one of them. I think the Rangers were yeah. another one. They were playing much tougher competition. And then they're going to struggle because this is a star-driven league. We do, we all know that. Yeah. You don't win games without having stars on your team. And this team does not really have any stars on it. They're good hockey players. They're right. good. But well, not I, can't, I can't remember the exact stat, but I think everybody on the team last season had at least one point. It was something like that. Right. And, right? No, I'm not kidding. And I, yeah. I think there was one, but in the playoffs, when they played well too, everybody was just getting points. Sometimes you see the box score after the game. 10 players had at least one point right. on Seattle. And that's the way that they played. And um, again, coming back down to coming back down to earth. Uh, Minnesota, do you want to set this one up with uh, Kaprizov? He's back. He looks pretty good. Well, when he was hurt and he missed a stretch of games in a row, they lost essentially almost every single one of them. Right. And then he came, he's he been back for five games. They lost the first one and they won three of the past four. So basically, what we can garner from this <laughs> is the Minnesota Wild really, really need Kaprizov in their lineup. Sometimes, Vic, you say things that just really hit home and it's just <laughs> this all of a sudden this light turn. Oh, my gosh, you're right. It's sparkling insight. I know. Oh yeah. I know. yeah. <laughs> Everybody should be grateful for it. In all honesty, I mean, so he's another star of the week because he had a yeah. hat trick in his last game. And then he had two goals the game before that. And he was tossing in assists before then. But this is a completely different team with him in the lineup. This is what he actually had to say. And he's very modest because hockey players are built mostly quite modestly, overly modestly, yeah. if you ask me. And this is what he had to say after the last win by the Wild where he did score that hat trick. Of course, yeah, of course. It's uh, when score more goals, it's uh, easy to win. Uh, doesn't matter if not me, uh, other guys score goals too. It's easy for us uh, to play like this. And if you score more goals than other team, you won. You know? <laughs> I love the insight here as well. I mean, this is really deep. If you score more goals in the opposition, 
<laughs> you win the game. I think you and him are on the same page because mm-hmm. you again just said that Kaprizov is really key for the team. And then he says, well, if you score more than the opposition, then you end up winning the hockey game. I'm with you. Um, I think he is. Do you think he's underrated? If yes. he was playing in a different market than Minnesota, would he be more of a discussion point? If he in was the Canadian NHL? or American, he would get more attention. Okay. So he's still, and just in interviews, there's still a little bit. He's his his English is actually very good, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. never going to be the same as Connor McDavid's because it's just what he spoke his no. his entire life. Yeah, he plays in Minnesota. He's a quiet guy. He just yeah. wants to go out and smile and play hockey, and he's won. It's a top 10 player in the league, a top 10 forward anyways, I should he's say. He's a in the tr- tremendous talent. As far as I'm concerned, and but he is. He is. He, we talk about Nathan McKinnon and how the Colorado Avalanche would not be the same team without him. Minnesota Wild are not the same team without uh, Kaprizov, and they're proving that. That's actually coming to fruition. So if he can stay healthy, I mean, he's not going to score a hat trick every game, obviously. But if he can stay healthy for the rest of the season, maybe we shouldn't write off this team because we are starting to. I am. I've been. I've started to write off. I think. I think. I think we have to. I think they're written off. I've got this little calendar thing that you know you you wipe it with the eraser that that Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to take off Minnesota making the playoffs. I mean, 45 points, it's fine. You have games to go. They have 36 games left. But you've got a leapfrog St. Louis, Arizona, Nashville, Dallas, and then who knows from the Pacific, other but teams trying to make to the wild frog. card. You don't have to leap, leapfrog Dallas, though. You have but, to leapfrog, frog. oh my goodness, what a terrible word. <laughs> you have to leap over, leapfrog, leapfrog. It's horrible. You have to leap over the Predators. You don't have to. You can finish fourth and still challenge for a spot. I, it's unlikely, I agree with you. Yeah. But if they if they win three but or four games that's over, and over, yeah. and over and over and over and over and over again, we can't write them off. No, that's true. You just have St. Louis, Seattle, Calgary, Arizona before you hit Nashville. Those are the teams that they have to leap frog. God, I'm with you. What a stupid, stupid word. <laughs> right? It's a word to write and not, yes. not a word to say. <laughs> no. I leave wog. You know, you can't do that. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, Minnesota, yeah, I I think they're done, but we will discuss this probably in March more so when uh, time is running out in the season. I've got this crazy Nate McKinnon stat. Uh, I said off the top of the show, I love the guy. Um, His his talent is, I mean, MVP vote in my mind. A lot of guys having great seasons for the MVP. And the Avalanche playing great hockey, second in that uh, division, yada, yada, yada. Nate McKinnon's speed. His speed may be, out of all the skills that he has and attributes, the best one. And yes, it does not go unnoticed, but I don't think it goes as noticed as it should. Here's the stat. When, you, when I say to you who's the fastest player in the league, you would say who? Oh, goodness quickly. gracious. Quick, quickly. Off no, the, I did nothing coming to me. Continue. Oh, well, McDavid. I guess McDavid, yeah. McDavid. Okay. McDavid. So the first person you'd say is McDavid because he's very fast. Other he's guys in the league, fast. he's very fast. Yeah. Well, look, he just he he just went by me. Um, Nate McKinnon, he has had sixty three sustained skating bursts of at least twenty two miles an hour. So here's a human being on skates bursting. So you know when he gets the puck, mm-hmm. it's that one, two, three, four steps, and he's gone. The next closest is McDavid, twenty eight less. So that just tells you how fast. Nate McKinnon is skating. And I always say this about the game of hockey. Game of hockey doesn't have any exits. They have boards. Football has sidelines. Baseball has foul territory. Um, The National Basketball Association has the first and second row of fans. The NHL doesn't do that. The NHL, so you can go at that speed, stop on a dime, create, and do what you do. 
don't know. Just gives me chills. That's my McKinnon crush. There you go. No, that's really impressive. It's I'm fast. also I'm I'm impressed not only with the stat itself, but the fact that we're tracking this stuff these days. I know. Yeah. That they're wearing this equipment because that's something he's gonna have to be monitored by physically, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I would think so. The, remember um remember the days of the glowing puck? Remember the days of Do the glowing I ever. puck? So maybe they need to put a glowing <laughs> thing behind me but hey, the look. fact that they could track how fast <laughs> I know. he's going and I the know. burst of it as well not just the the straight out speed yeah but how he can accelerate in such a man uh, in such a manner technology just with sports these days is absolutely incredible and i'm really impressed by it all the time 129 points combined between boston and winnipeg before we uh, leave the west this is the game of the of the night, uh, I would assume, in the NHL. I mean, there's some good games to come, of course, but when you have two of the best teams going at it, separated by one point uh, in the NHL, should be a gem. I mean, it's the cream of the East versus the cream of the West, really, right there now. No offense, I mean, okay, we're in Vancouver, whatever. But let's just say two of the best teams. Sure. And also, I like it when they're from the different conferences as well, because you just get... They only face each other twice. Yeah, you don't get to very, see it. Often. You don't get to see it no. very often. So this no. is—it feels like it's like when the Leafs play Edmonton or yep. when Boston plays Vegas or what have you. You just you get to see something you don't get to see all the time. And I'm this is absolutely it is Monday afternoon right now. It's about three in the afternoon, and I am already counting down the hours to laying on my couch and watching this one unfold. It's kind of like the same hype as, say, Ottawa taking on San Jose this oh, year. Oh, yeah, it's exactly right? it's just, like that, right? It's, it's the exactly same, same caliber. Yeah. Same caliber of competition. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm terrible. All right, that's West. Uh, we go East. After there's some big news out of the island, in case you don't know about this, I was absolutely stunned. And that and more when we continue Pucks and Seven after this. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. He is Ryan Payton and I am Victoria Matiash and this is Pucks and Seven. It is Monday, January the 22nd, about 3.30 in the afternoon. So this is ahead of the night's games. So something happens during the night's games. We don't know that yet. I don't think we've ever used the time before. That's actually good because it does put things into more context. If people were to listen to this, you know, say at nine o'clock or something like that, thinking, oh, they're just doing this now. Well, especially, I mean, we were just hyping up the um, Winnipeg Jets Boston. And the Boston Bruins game that is on tonight. So if that ends up being a super dud, we don't know that yet. Because it's three in the afternoon. Right. So, <laughs> so sometimes timeliness is very important. And I'll tell you something. I think everybody was caught off guard this weekend. I and mean, I can't remember exactly the time that the news. So I know you're the one who told me because I my phone, you first told me and then my phone blew up. I think yeah. it was around four o'clock on Saturday that we heard. It was around that time for sure. We heard that the New York Islanders fired their coach. Okay. So that's news in and of itself. And then hired Patrick Waugh, who last coached, I think it's eight or nine years ago with the Colorado Mm -hmm. Avalanche. But most of us, of course, recognize as one of the best goaltenders of all time in the NHL, but also a bit of a tempestuous personality, uh, large personality. And um, again, a legend of the game, but not somebody that I had on my bingo card to be coaching the New York Islanders this season. I was I was stunned. I was absolutely shocked. Everybody was. Um, I was thinking earlier on today before we did this, 
What was that conversation like with Lou Lamorello and the rest of his team saying, maybe we'll call Patrick Waugh? Um, we'll get to him in a second. More, more of my thoughts on that. But uh, they win last night. Good win. A win's a win. They win in overtime. And you could see just the little smile on his face behind the bench. Listen to what he said after. And just not what he said, but, but how, how he says it. I was very nervous. I won't lie. Um, you know, I, I, you always, you always want, want to win that first game, and and uh, I'm very thankful to our players. I mean, for for the effort that they put out there, and um, I was just hoping to give a good show to our fans as well, and 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 and, and having them enjoy the their night. So you said this to me before we came on to do this segment. You said he just he sounds softer. There, there's something there's something about him. Um, and I completely see that. I saw it in his pregame conferences when he ran his first practice. He said that when he was let go in Colorado all those years ago, he said he was waiting for his phone to ring. He expected his phone to ring to be a coach of a, uh, another team. It didn't ring. He said that this is humbling for him. And if we're hearing a voice of somebody who is now humble, because Patrick Waugh, I mean, he's very vocal. No, that's not what you would ever call no, him. He's been very vocal in his career, in his life in general. But I'm with you. There's a little bit of a softer side now. It was day one, game one, first time he's back in the league a long sure. time. That's fine. Who knows what's going to happen? But yeah, I, I see something different about him. I've How this came honestly, to pass, though, I, I have no I've clue. I've been slack shod all, all weekend because this is just, I don't recognize this guy. This is somebody who we would characterize, and I don't even necessarily mean this in a bad way, but a little bit arrogant. Very confident. Well, you're absolutely has a, true. Has a lot of swagger. And yeah. this is, I mean, that's what made him such an amazing goalie mm-hmm. for so many, so many years. And also a successful coach, maybe less so at the NHL level, but he's had a lot of success in the queue and in different jobs within the hockey sphere. This yeah. is just vulnerable is not how I would ever describe <laughs> Patrick Waugh, no. right? And now he looks, he looks soft. He looks vulnerable. He looks like he's, uh, you know, he's willing to expose himself a little bit and speak to the truth. I think that's just part of growing older as well. I mean, sure it is. Maturing. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. But it's not like he was a young kid eight years ago. No. Like he is still a grown man. By the way, I think he looks like a million bucks. Eh? I think he, he does, looks he, better yeah, now. He looks very good. Yeah. I think he looks better now than he did eight yeah. years ago. I don't know if he's just eating well or he's got a good skincare routine and I'm not going to guess at any of that. But I think he looks like a million bucks right now. So he looks happy. He looks content. And again, how, my again, we, you and I talked about this off air over the weekend and we talked mm-hmm. about it again today. My only question, I think this is a very interesting hire and the Islanders weren't going in the right direction with Lambert. So sure, go ahead, throw something at the wall, see if it sticks. Great. How is he, Patrick Wise, we know him and he's not going to be that much softer than he was when he was younger. How is that relationship with Lou Lamarillo, who runs his ship tight and his way? How are those two, how is this marriage going to last? Because these are two very stubborn, hard-headed, big personalities that are going to have to get along. This is completely 100% on Lou Lamorello. He decided that this was the direction that he was going to go in. He knows exactly the person that Patrick Waugh is. And again, to our points, maybe he has changed. It doesn't matter. But his name is Patrick Waugh. Okay? So this is on Lou. I don't know him. This is Lamorello. Well, I don't know why, but this is Lou Lamorello we're talking about. 
but I really hope that he would not have just gone about this and thought about this decision thinking, we're not going to get along. And I'm just going to do this to make a splash. I'm going to do this to make some sort of headlines. I don't think that's Lou's, that, that, that's not his, that's who he is. his MO. So, but this is, I think they'll be fine. I do. Sometimes, I mean, opposites attract. Uh, look at, look, I was going to say, look at us. We're, no, we're not completely opposite, but you know what I mean. Um, no, we're opposite enough. Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we're still doing okay. Yeah. Um, but when you have, when you have two of those personalities, um, I hope they don't butt heads. I, I think, simply put, I think that this hire, even though it was completely out of left field, I think it's great. I think it's exactly what any team, any team who was not completely struggling, a team who's not playing like Vancouver or Edmonton, a team that's kind of like, who are we? We don't know. Yes, we do. Some night, nights we do. Sometimes we don't. We're on the cusp. Where are we going to be on March 8th? Where are we going to be by the time the 82nd game? I think this is a perfect, perfect hire for the Islanders and Patrick Walker. I think it's going to be very interesting. No. I love it because it's entertaining. And no. I like my sports to be entertaining. And this was a bit of drama that, again, the whole hockey world stopped for a minute. I also love the fact that even the insiders with the greatest insight and the closest had connections no to this game did not see this coming. <laughs> I mean, we were talking about him landing the gig with Ottawa yep. earlier. And that seemed like that would make a little bit of sense. But New York, the, the island and Lou, I just, again, no. I hope. Let's see what comes from it. They faced over 40 shots the other night. And I know they pulled out, but they still have Sorokin one of the better goaltenders. Hey, Sorokin was great. Uh, yeah. Simon Varlamov was skating on Sunday. He's ready to go, which is a great addition to come back. So good timing. And they're going to get Pulak back at some point, yeah. I would hope. And he's going to be a game changer on the blue line. We'll see. They need to score some goals, Ryan. And they need to defend better than they de- they've been defending so far. But the yeah. fact that they're going to have a different voice, a very different voice behind the bench, it's going to at least inspire them for a little bit. We'll see if it's enough to make it into the postseason. Remember when Patrick Wall, one of the, the moments when he was with Colorado and there was a press conference after, I think, a playoff game. And Jeremy Roenick made some comment about him. Yeah, he said, "Oh, yeah. Jeremy, can't, I can't hear because I got two rings. They're in my yeah. ear." I just thought, "Oh, wow, it's a great comment." I mean, yeah. What can? Okay, what can you say? I don't. You do. Off we go. Uh, just quick on this, and very quietly, I think because Edmonton's won thirteen in a row. Winnipeg's still playing well. Vegas is doing well, even though they're injured. Um, the Bruins. They're they're quietly going back to what we know that they what they we know that they are. And I, I looked at what they did the other night. It was a nine four drubbing. Yeah. At the hands of not at the hands, but Montreal lost nine four at the hands of the Bruins. Um they put up nine goals in one game. It's happened only three times in the past thirty years. Uh Dan Heinen had the first uh, NHL hat trick for him. David Pasternak scored thirty, seventh thirty goal season of his career. Also, Pavel Zaka scored his hundredth goal. And Brad Marchand reached 20 again, and Marchand's done it for the 11th straight season. This team is still really good. They are really good, and they managed without Olmark for a little while there because yeah. he was hurt, and they relied on Jeremy Swayman. To Swayman's credit, he won three in a row for them. Yeah. Again, it helps that they play. he plays for the Bruins. I mean, that's going to be something to in your favor, to your advantage, absolutely, but he still got the job done. They are, they're back to their business. There was a little bit of a stumble there for a while where they were playing 500 hockey for about two, three, four weeks in a row. And you're wondering, oh, are they feeling the effect of no Patrice Bergeron and all that? And now they're sort of back to it, but they're scoring. Yeah. They're scoring as well. And that's not, I'm so used to this being a, 
three two Bruins team, but they're putting up Pasternak yeah. is just such a gem, eh? No, it's ridiculous. He's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. You talk about players that maybe we don't talk enough about. Yep. And I think he's another one that's up there to already have 30. JVR has 30 points already this season. Crazy. And you could not have convinced me of that nope. in the summer when they signed him. Everybody nope. is pitching in. The bigger names are pitching in. The less the less prolific names are also pitching in. And again, four in a row. And we're looking forward to them playing the Jets tonight. I read a story the other day that Patrice Bergeron shot down some rumors that he's going to come back for the... Uh, Last part of this NHL season in Boston. I mean, come on. He looked good. I saw him in Boston. He looked fantastic, but it's I think okay. He's enjoying retirement. Oh, he looked like he was enjoying retirement. He's and also good just, he's not, he doesn't have the personality he to come and no. jump on the cart he absolutely when it's already does heading not. in that direction. No, because right? it's all, it's going to, the talk is going to be all about him. He doesn't want that. That's not who he is. Well, it also feels like a little bit of a cheat. Right. Sure if does. the team yeah. gets it that far and yeah. then you're like, hey, guys, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll join yeah. you in March. I yeah. mean, I don't know. I know. It's a, it's a little jammy. The NHL is one of those leagues, uh, I mean, sports in general, that you have ups and downs. And one of the most chronicled one, at least when it comes to Toronto this season, is Ilya Samsonov, uh, the goaltender for the Leafs. He's had a really rough year, not just on the ice, but more mentally off of the ice, mentally on the ice as well. Uh, he had a great season last year. Resigned with the team, ready to go as the uh, number one in Toronto, and things really re- went off the rails. So what he did last night, again, it was Sunday. They beat Seattle three to one. He was terrific, and here's what he said after after the game. I think it's October to a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, until this time is probably hardest in my life. Yeah, and uh, but life is moving forward. Uh, I'm stay positive. You know, like I forgot about what's going on in the past I'm just focus today and just to focus on the moment day by day I said to you before we came on I was pulling for him last night I wanted to see him even if he lost say 5-4 and he stopped 45 shots and he was just absolutely incredible I was pulling for him he's had a tough go I just want to give him a hug honestly <laughs> he seems he seems so busticated right now and he yeah. seems so down on himself and he is one of the worst self critics as far as never mind just goalies but players in the NHL he is beating him up himself up so visibly so badly that you just again I want to just go over give him a big squeeze and it's going to be okay Sammy you're going to yeah. be all right you know yeah. but the fact that he did pull that off and he pulled it off well I wasn't able to watch the game live because I was crying in buffalo as we all know I mentioned earlier but I did watch the highlights later on and he made some spectacular saves some key timely saves yeah. in that game to keep them in it because they did the Maple Leafs did not blow out the Kraken in this game. It they could have lost it. And he Until, was a big, big part of the fact that they did pull off the and, victory and good form. Especially when it was two to one, right? The Leafs scored right. into the empty net, if I'm not mistaken. So it was two to one. And he At made the end some, of the second. They had an excellent yeah, opportunity to tie yeah. it up and he made a really wicked pad save. He actually made two in a row. So good on him. Hopefully yeah. this is more of what we're going to see going forward. And now, I mean, he's he got the big one. He got the big one out. He got the W, yeah. the first one that he's had since uh, since October, I think, or something. Maybe he has one since then, but he's had very little success. I am totally rooting for the guy. I think every member, anybody who's a fan of the Maple Leafs better as well, yeah. because otherwise Martin Jones ain't and, it. Like, we already no, know he's not. No, he's not, so. not. And I think if you're Sheldon Keefe, you go right back to Samsonoff. You have to. I really do. Martin Jones, to me, is not it. Um, he's had spurts, but in that uh, four-game skid when they, what, they lost by one or whatever it was, some of them in overtime and all that, and... Uh, anyway, Austin Matthews, just want to say something about him. 
Uh, he has 38 goals, leads the league. He's on pace uh, for 70. First one to do that since 92-93, Tamu Solani, Alexander McGilney. Uh, they did that with 76 with the original Jets and the Sabres as well. How about this stat? He has led the league in goals, tied or outright in first, for 67% of the season. That's 70 of 105 days. The guy, the guy can score. Uh-huh. The goal he scored last night was incredible. Through the legs, whatever it was. Um, to me, though, the MVP talk, even if he gets to 70, I don't think that's an MVP season. 70 goals, really? No. Is it because of what McKinnon and Kucherov are doing? Yeah, it's because okay. of the amount that you put up are 70 goals. It's goals. When you can put up 40, 50 goals and say 60, 70 assists, that to me is more of an MVP caliber season. I wonder. I wonder if 70 is just too much of a magical number to overlook in that It respect. probably will be. It was like Jim Montgomery last year. The Bruins won. Most points ever. Great job. But the coach of the year in my mind was not him. It was Hackstall or Lindy Ruff, at least though. Goals win, but goals win hockey games. Yes, I, I know. know assists are important too, but goals win hockey games. I they wonder. I think, it's a, I think it's a very interesting argument. Now, if he is... 35, 40 points shy of one of the other two guys, I think obviously then you can't, you know, you have to make the argument in their favor because that's too large of a gap. But if there's like 15 point swing. Oh, sure. Eh. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree if it's close, but if it's not, if it's more of a, I mean, what's he at right now? McKinnon leads the league with 77 points. Again, going into Monday's action. And right now, Austin Matthews has 56. So there's a 21 point gap. So almost to your point, there's a 21-point gap, and he has 38 goals. The next one is Sam Reinhart with 33. I don't know. I'm still... I love. I do love the fact that... And he has 18 day assists. That, he has only 18 assists. Yeah, but he's scoring. Who cares? It doesn't matter. He's putting the puck in the back of the net. <laughs> I do love the fact that the other day, though, Sam Reinhart came within one of Austin Matthews, and everybody, we all started talking oh, about I know. it. Oh, my no. goodness. And then Matthews comes out and scores a hat trick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know what? You can I, all shush. Yeah, all of you I'm going to take the lead right with scoring three again. It's a nice battle, though, right now between, well, not nice. It's stressful for these three teams. But Toronto, Detroit, and Tampa, only one point separating the three of them. Toronto in third in that Atlantic, and then Detroit and Tampa have 53 points. Toronto with one less win, though, than the rest of them. And Detroit, Tampa, they have a game in hand. Well, Tampa has two. Uh, Toronto actually has two games in hand on the Tampa Bay Lightning. I don't know. Uh, are we with these three teams? Are they all three going to be fighting for that third spot in the Atlantic? Or are we going to... the the fact Detroit is still in this thing is a little, I love it. I think it's great. I don't know if it's sustainable. And every quite time, frankly, I don't think it's sustainable time. for Toronto right now either. Oh, I think, I think Toronto has too many superstars on their team to fumble for too long or to not contend, I should say, not fumble. Right. Every time I start to write off the Red Wings, they come back and they win three or four in a row or five, yep. of, or five of six. I think it's four or five right now. Alex Lyon has just been a revelation for me with that team. He's so loose. He's having such a great time. His teammates love playing in front of him. I think that is such a massive key thing. I say it all the time. If you, if your skaters out front don't need to worry about what you're doing in net and they can concentrate on doing their own job. And I think that's what's happening with Detroit right now. I yeah. don't think they are to the, as a whole, I don't think they are to the caliber of Toronto or Tampa Bay. I agree. 
but it doesn't matter if they win games. It no. doesn't matter what I think about the, the, the caliber yeah. of the team. No, I know. If they I continue know. to win games, then, you know, and that's without Patrick Kane right now as well. Like, that's going to be a help further down the road again when he's healthy again. Yeah. But Dylan Larkin is having a hell of a season. Uh, Other players are playing really well. It's uh, it's very interesting to see. But if you had to ask me of who, which one of those teams is going to be on the outside looking in of that battle of three, Detroit. I would still guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right now anyway. So. I think so too. And also the experience down the stretch of different veterans on the Leafs in Tampa, and they've been there before, all that type of stuff. Uh, the Flyers were on that really nice run of five in a row, 5-1-4-2-2-0-4-3-3-2, and now they've, I can say, come back down to earth a bit, but they haven't looked as great the last two. They've given up a ton, 12-2, five to the Sens, seven to Colorado. They've scored uh, seven, but they've lost those two. Are they stumbling? It's two games. It's only two games. And next up for them, by the way, Tampa Bay tomorrow. I don't like the fact that one of the games that they lost was to the Ottawa Senators. This is a very beatable team. This is a team that they should have been in tight. And they gave up way too many goals to them as well. But sometimes teams like Ottawa end up surprising people. Sometimes they, right? I think the the Colorado loss doesn't bother me as much. Oh, no, not at all. Not at all. such a high quality team. And you kind of, also Colorado was coming off a nasty loss and they are one of with Nathan McKinnon. They're one of the best rebounding teams. They just don't lose many in a row because they no. get all pissy and they come back really strong <laughs> and they're, they're hard to Is beat. that what happens? Yes. Is that what happens? They get pissy. That's, that's yeah. in the uh, hockey dictionary. That's it's the term okay. used for that. When you lose one. Anyway, <laughs> so they came back. So that one, yeah. but I was expecting, I was actually fully expecting the flyers to rebound after that loss to Colorado and really show uh, Ottawa what's going on. And they didn't. So we'll see. I, again, it's two games and they've had such a successful stretch and they're doing a lot of things right and they've gotten really goal, good goaltending from both Urson and Carter Hart yeah. they just haven't in the last two games that's all so yes I'm still obviously going to give it a minute two games or two games you're harsh Vic <laughs> is very, you lose two on the lineup for a done. stumble that's what it is are you kidding up oh, they lost one they're done I'm I, I'd love to see them still do it and I think they have what it takes because and who knows maybe they'll do some additions before the deadline if they're still in contention which I believe that they will be and then tell me of John Tortorella behind the bench with what he's doing this season in, in Philly. Um, I think it's such a such a big bonus. Um, lastly, you have a you have an issue here with um, <laughs> with the Ottawa Senators and the annual mums trip. For those that don't know, they have dads trips and they have mums trips on uh, all the thirty two teams. Some get to go to warmer spots than others, right? Okay, so this really irritates me. I should also mention, though, that, and I like the fact that there's one team, and I can't remember exactly which one it is, which, you know, weakens the uh, story a little bit, but that's all right. They have them up. They used to be just the dad's trips, right? Because of mm, the patriarchy. Anyway. So since then, they're like, no, moms want to do the two. So now they have the moms trips as well. But one team has actually had recently had a mentors trip, which I thought was kind of neat. Because if you don't want to bring your dad, but maybe you want to bring your brother. Absolutely. Or maybe you want to bring your sister. Or maybe your best bud or a coach that, you know, you had 10 years ago. Something. I think think it's fantastic. I I like that idea a lot more than the forced moms trip or the forced dad's trip. But I think those are also lovely, especially if everybody is on board. I digress. I'm going to get to my original point or my point point. So, you know, usually when the dads are taking on a trip, especially from um, teams on teams that play in colder climates, let's say like Ottawa, Montreal, Detroit, Toronto, mm-hmm. et cetera, Calgary, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. At this time of year, they get a trip down to, ooh, I don't know, Arizona, little golfing, <laughs> Vegas, maybe. Let it out. 
Los Angeles, perhaps. Oh, south of Florida. Let's go down to Sunrise and see Keep what's going. going on. And then we can spend some time in Miami, right? The so where do yours. the mums, where do the Ottawa mums get taken to? Philadelphia. <laughs> Philadelphia in the heart of January. Philadelphia is a great town, actually underrated food town. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, okay. But I'm not going to Philadelphia in January if I no. can go to Philadelphia in May, right? In January, I want to go to Vegas. I want right. to go to Miami. I want to go. So, hey. Senator, next time you take your mom somewhere, take them somewhere nice and warm. They can sit on the beach, do some shopping and all the rest of the things that they want to do. Not Philadelphia. I'm glad you said that, um, you know, kind of like all due respect to Philly, but I'm with you. I don't think the majority of people. Philly's great, great, but that's not where I'm going. I'm also not going to Montreal right now. I love Montreal. It's one of my favorite cities. It's cold. If you pulled 10 people, 10 out of 10 would say, you know, we'll probably go to Vegas or somewhere a lot warmer than, than Philadelphia. I don't know. Maybe the maybe. Do you th- do you think the mums? I mean, they probably talked amongst themselves about it. But do you think anyone kind of stood up and said to the Flyers team, you know, can you maybe schedule us on a on a different time next season? I would. You would for sure. I know you'd be at the front of the line with that one. The the problem is, is you've got a kid playing for the team, right? <laughs> so they're ma, ma, can you keep it down? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ma, Mommy. can you not make a scene, yeah. please? Not not now, son. <laughs> Yeah. That's the only issue with that. Anyway, I, I just noticed, oh, we should make one uh, very uh, a point completely unrelated to mother's trips and father's trips and anything. Shane Pinto. Yes. Played his first game for the Ottawa Senators after his 41 game suspension. He was signed yeah. to a contract. Again, 775K, just like Corey Perry. Yep. And uh, very similar to Corey Perry, he's now being offered an opportunity at redemption after screwing up. With somehow with gambling, we've never mm-hmm. really heard the entire story. I don't necessarily no. think that we need to either. Nope. This is hopefully, and it was really neat to say, to see, I should say. He participated, he contributed in his first game, and yeah, then when they actually showed his mom yep. watching, I just thought that was a really, really nice moment. You know, um, don't know exactly what the reasoning behind the suspension. Yes, it was gambling, but what we do know is that he didn't gamble and bet on the NHL. So there was nothing to do with the National Hockey League. So there's a lot of individuals in sports, male, female, that have done a lot worse than that. Than we that. Know. We don't know the story, though. No, right? I know, but it, I'm saying games. it had nothing to do with the NHL. That's what I'm saying. Right. Because some, like P. Rose, baseball, you bet on your own, t- that type of thing. So I'm just, I'm putting it into, yeah, gambling, sure. Whatever warranted the 41 games, that's half the season. That's a really big, so you did a big boo-boo. Mm-hmm. But I just know that he didn't do it with the NHL. Not saying with what he did was, that's was, right. was fun. Okay. Um, but great to see him back. And imagine just sitting, sitting that, that amount of time. Waiting and waiting and waiting. I know Ottawa's not going anywhere, but just waiting. And then imagine the nerves that he must have felt. And you, to your point, his mom watching and seeing this, like, okay, son, yeah, you're back. You're signed. You're still okay. And off we go. I'm a big know, believer in nice second and moment. third chances. Yeah. I mean, especially when it, if it's something outrageously egregious, like I'm not talking about murder, but I'm saying just you screwed up. You, you made a, you, you made a mistake. You did something really dumb. I do for the most part, believe in second and third chances. It's nice to see him getting one. I think it's been a very rough stretch of a few months where he can only work out by himself generally or skate with other people, but he hasn't been able to participate. He wasn't even a member of the team. No, right? No. So it was, uh, yeah. And he's a young kid too. He did do something and we know he did something because when he got the 41 games, he accepted it. Oh yes. The PA accepted it too. Oh yes. So he oh, yeah. did something. He but did. Now yeah. let's just, now we can just water under the bridge. And in a couple of years, we're talking about chain Pinto scoring 
and none of this nonsense anymore. And that's hopefully how it all unfolds. Yep. Hopefully it turns into a bright one here for uh, him. All right, we're done. We're out of time. We'll be back uh, sometime this week. Again, enjoy the hockey, the early part of the week. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan and Peyton at Victoria Matty Ash, on Instagram at Pates RP at Matty Ash Victoria, and catch us wherever you get your podcast and on the Sirius XM app. Go have a lozenge. You haven't had one in a while. <laughs> yeah. You need more. Vic's on her <laughs> 12th, so we're going to go. <laughs> Ryan Payne, Victoria Matty Ash, Pucks and Seven. We'll talk soon. This has been Pucks in 7, available on the SiriusXM app and wherever you get your podcasts.